We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Ludor. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. We've got a we've got a four-way going on tonight, boys. Oh, I, have, I have Nick Crane along with me. Yellow, yellow. We've got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. We have Taylor Peterson. How about those Chiefs? How did I know that was coming? We also we just, have, uh, he can't, he we can't just had to take it easy. You know, we had to let him come back a little, make him feel okay. <laughs> Tom Brady's a legend. You got to take it easy. Mm-hmm. On. Right. Mm-hmm. Somewhere That's behind Taylor, we also have Taylor's dog along with us today. We have a little Brody. Brody. Over under three and a half marks. Episode. Over. Found him. Always you could, over. Uh, you can make that, that, take that over under on betonline.ag. Sponsor there it is. The plug. <laughs> So, gentlemen, how was Thanksgiving? So good. I'm a uh, passionate cranberry sauce stan. So if anybody wants to uh, crap on cranberry sauce, you can get out. Maybe a hot take. 
Thanksgiving food's not that great. Okay. No, I'm with you. It's all, it's, it's all right. All I'm we're hard, learning I'm is that... i ham guy. Nobody, Although, in, nobody in Nick and Jacob's family knows how to cook. Is okay, well, you know what? I <laughs> want to give you the middle finger right now. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> Nick posted on Instagram that homemade mac and cheese. That looked fantastic. But see, that's not really a Thanksgiving. Like I'm talking like the turkey, the stuffing, the cranberries, like the, the traditional Thanksgiving mm. stuff. Eh. I love it. Yeah. I uh, I love I'm it. I'm with you on the eh. We um <laughs> we smoked the turkey this year and it was very good. Ooh, that's solid. Oh, have you ever done have you ever done fried turkey? I have not. I've watched enough fail so videos on, on the internet that I don't want to try a fried turkey. It's worth it. It's so there. good. Unless I went to I'm a, trying to cash out with the insurance. My <laughs> my friends giving we had a fried turkey and a smoked turkey. Ooh, Ooh. that was that was a good like, little mix up. Yeah, two different turkeys, one fried, one smoked, or they did mm. did one turkey both ways. D- uh, separate, two separate turkeys. Okay. I would do one turkey Living both ways. I think that'd be delicious. Jacob, Kamiar is making fun of us for our uh, boyish facial hair. Except Nick. <clears throat> he said, except Nick. Oh, actually. Well, you know what? He already said, all right, bye, Dude. guys. Love you. So bye, Kamiar. Get out of here. Still love us. <laughs> Be gone. Kevin. Be gone. Yeah, our guy, Kevin McCormick. <laughs> he our says, Philly thanks, guy. Thanks again for taking Horford off her hands. <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump into some basketball stuff. If you are watching us live on the stream, please drop your questions in the chat. We will get to them as we go through. If you are listening on the podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate the hell out of you guys. First thing I wanted to talk about with you all is basketball is nearly here. We are less than two weeks away from the Thunder's first preseason game. We are two days away from camp. Crazy. It's almost here. Media day tomorrow. That's right, Nick? The, the start of media week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they still haven't really said how they're doing it. We know Presty's tomorrow. And then I assume since individual workouts are this week, they'll just have two or three guys a day kind of come in between workouts. And that's how it's going to be, which is a major letdown compared to a standard media day. But we'll take what we can get. Nick, what's the one question you're dying to ask Alexei Pokashevsky? Ugh. Can you speak English? <laughs> That's a good question because I don't know if he can. <laughs> I really have no clue. Lexi, have you ever watched Pokemon? Mm. That's a good question. That is. Ask him what his I, favorite Pokemon is. If so, yeah, right. <laughs> also ask him if he can say, I'm Alexi Pokashevsky. You're listening to the, listening to the Uncontested Podcast. Yes. Well, Got if, to catch them all. If Lou Dort, who speaks English as a first language, can't get that straight, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Alexi can't either. I Ugh. still I still stand by uh, the fact that we should have changed our name to the Uncontested Broadcast. Yep. If Lou Dort said that's what we're called, that's what we're called. Yeah, that's it's Very the true. word of God. <laughs> it's the word of God Himself. Uh, what if Lou comes back more buff? Is that possible? That was my question. Like, what are you going to do whenever we see pictures from camp in two days and lose like walking around with no neck, just like a, uh, like post NBA, Mike Bibby. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for Lou Dort and Admiral Schofield to share the floor at the same time. Yes. Cause they, they have the exact same body. Yes. Like it's the same frame. I love that so much, so much girth. <laughs> I love that. We have Lou and Poku on the same team. We have this dude that's just muscles on top of muscles, and then another guy that's just skin stretched tightly over bones. Poku might be the the lightest 
person on the team and he's seven feet tall. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about this and this is taking us completely off topic, which is what I'm best at. So here we are. Well, it took us five minutes, guys. <laughs> Let's say that he gets absorbed into the TPE of Boston, right? The player exception, the trade exception. Um, who plays center? You have Moose. You have, um, I mean, Poirier is going to be gone, right? Because he's going to be traded in the Horford trade. So you have Moose. You have basically you have Poku. Um, and I came up with one other. Plus, you have Baisley, who will play some center, small ball center minutes. But you would have like next to no center. Oh, and the the guy from uh, Gonzaga. Uh, Vert Yurt Seven, that guy. Yeah, that guy. The guy Yurt, from Seven. Oh, he wasn't. He wasn't Gonzaga, was he? I thought he was. Was he not the Maybe Gonzaga he, guy? Oh, I don't know. I know Whatever. that I can't say the. I can't say I'm an expert on the exhibit ten years on your yeah. We don't. We wouldn't have a lot of centers if they yeah. trade Horford. That would be. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah, um, down. Georgetown. Georgetown. Yes. There you, go. That's you guys got the wrong G. I had a G. Close enough. Hey, like I told you guys before we started going live, I watched more college hoops probably this past uh, four or five days, basically the day before Thanksgiving when I started watching Katie Cunningham, than I have the entire uh, all of last season outside of TU basketball games. It's uh, going to be a lot of college hoops this year to uh to watch prospects which is something yeah. we haven't done in a while so um all right guys so so what else are you looking forward to uh with training camp is there anything that you're excited to see you're anxious to see what's going to look like i mean obviously it's something new for us ever since we've been a podcast and really ever since this franchise has been here we have gone into camp asking questions like you know who, who's going to be the next, you know, stand up player who's going to be the role player that fills in, you know, next to Russ and KD and and Paul George and Serge Ibaka and and Chris Paul, how far is this team going to go? Do they have the the tools to make a deep playoff run? It's a completely different question this year, something that we have never really dealt with. So, what are some of the things you're looking forward to as we start to to get into camp? Who's going to be there? <laughs> I mean, you have 20 spots, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and we need, we're, it's, I think it's very certain now that OKC's waiting until um, December 8th to pull the trigger on the Horford trade. Mm-hmm. So I'm super curious to see who's actually going to be going to be showing up. I mean, you're able to bring 20 guys on. Uh, some of those will be exhibit 10, some of those will be minimums. And then from there, it'll be really interesting to see how Pressy trims the roster to get to that, that 14, 15 spot. Uh, roster. You know, Pressy's always wanted to keep that 15th spot open going into the season for flexibility, as a lot of teams do. But this could be a little different this season, as you know, obviously <laughs> you're not uh, competing for a championship or even the playoffs as much as you are tanking. So I'm really curious to see how the rosters kind of const- how Pressy constructs it um, going into training camp and then also as training camp progresses. For sure. I'm interested in seeing how the front office pivots and adapts to the extremely shortened training camp, because there's a lot of young guys on this team that I think some of us are probably higher on than others, but you've really got, you know, two weeks before the start of uh preseason or less than two weeks before the start of preseason. Like you have to have a defined roster and kind of roles and depth built out to even run out a preseason team. So I'm curious to see, um, kind of what they do with this short amount of time and how they evaluate the guys. Well, and like how long, how long does it get tinkered with? Because it's not like 
even in seasons past where it's like most of your pieces are set and you're you're moving some smaller pieces around like this is a completely new team and any any semblance of a rotation i mean probably doesn't exist yet and it's probably going to be a a months long experiment if not a season long experiment because you can get away with that in a, a tanking season so i think the thing i'm most curious about is really just to kind of see like what the vibe is like what what do the guys seem like uh, are they excited about this year like is some of the guys that were there in the past like um Hami or even like an SGA you know what what do they feel about this upcoming season versus like some of the newer guys um you know maybe don't have as much of that context but then you also have guys like Horford and George Hill who've been around like what are their feelings about Oklahoma City obviously we won't get Horford's thoughts on that for a while but it's just it's an interesting dynamic of guys. It's a it's a very eclectic so. group of players and then Island of Misfit Toys, because you know we're <laughs> in Christmas season, right? <laughs> yes. And then on top Plus of that, young guys, a whole new coaching staff, which we can't right. forget either. So to to see what Dagnall does with that and like what kind of system he wants to put in and how he approaches this, being that he does have such a strong player development background, it should be interesting. Definitely. I was going to say there, there's two things that really fascinate me about camp coming up so quickly. Number one is you guys have kind of touched on it already a little bit. Al Horford and Teo Maladon will not be part of Thunder camp until December 8th. They're going to miss the first week of camp. Now, I know the first couple of days are like individual workouts and it then they like get to the on-court stuff. Or 10th, right? Because a, a trade yeah. can be announced until the 8th. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting. Like, you assume Al Horford's going to be your starting center, but he's only going to get a week of camp before preseason starts, right? That's throwing him in the mix really late. And then Teo being a young guard coming from overseas, I think Teo's already in Oklahoma City, and he's just waiting for the trade to become official, and then he, he's here and ready to go. But so that part is interesting to me. The other part is ever since this team has been here, they've had their defined culture and their leadership. Right, It was Durant and, and Russell Westbrook. Then it evolved to just Russell Westbrook. And then Russ was gone, but Chris Paul really came in as like the, the ultimate leader. Right Now, with Chris gone, and let's say Horford doesn't get here till the 8th or the 9th, you know, you would think Horford would come in and just because of his veteran, veteranness, is that even a word? His, because he's veteran a veteran, leadership. he would just show up and be a leader. You got George Hill. But these guys are brand new to Oklahoma City. They've never been with this organization, with this culture. They and might not want to be here in a rebuilding culture. They Yeah, they might not even want to be here and be waiting for their right. ticket out. Who steps into that leadership vacuum and, and assumes the role of the caretaker of the culture, uh, assumes the role of I'm the guy speaking up, I'm the guy holding people accountable, I'm the guy staying late and watching film and leading by example, is that Hamadou Diallo, the, the longest tenured <laughs> member of the Thunder? Is that Gilgis Alexander because he's becoming the face of the franchise? So is that uh, Lou Dort because you don't talk back because he'll beat your ass? <laughs> you know, like who is it? Uh, don't forget Nick Collison, right? He was a constant through all that from the very beginning when OKC yeah. or when Seattle, uh, the franchise moved to OKC here itself. And Taylor, um, you mentioned, you know, new coaching staff. So it's not even like you have the old staff around. You don't have that was uh, just cheeks. You, you just uh got confused. Oh, did just so I, did, was, I, I thought you said this the thing about <laughs> Is that five okay. pods in a row? 
Yeah. I think that's five pops. You, we just need a few. You guys just need to do the Dragon Ball Z fusion. I'm the favorite. Dance. Let everybody know that on record. <laughs> so if, no, if we did, I, I if we did you. mix you two together, would it be Jailer or mm. Tustin? Mm, I don't like either of those. Nick, which, which one would it be? <laughs> this is our fan. I like, uh, I like Jailer. I like I, I like Jailer as well. Jailer. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but I mean, yes, uh, your coaching staff's even different. So it's not like you have the leadership yeah. there, you know? Right. Yeah. I, and I think that's there's gonna be a little bit of a reboot of the culture. Um, it's gonna be similar, right? Because it's uh, you're bringing in guys like for example, Dagnall that we talked a lot about already. You know, he's coming, he's already been groomed by the OKC organization, and Pressy is still at the head of the the helm so you know he uh, that that culture is still going to be implemented throughout and i think we have a lot of young players uh, and you have a uh, a coach known for player development like dagnall i think that helps a lot there when it comes to uh, setting that culture but it is going to be important to have veterans as well who can help these guys i mean we already we've talked so much in the past or the past year about um about players uh, you know being impacted by chris paul's leadership this past season. And so I think it is, it'd be really nice to have Horford around at least for up until the trade deadline, right, Jacob. And, and, you know, to, to be able to have his, his influence and uh, his professionalism around if he does, you know, decide to play with OKC and uh, doesn't decide to set out and throw a fit that he's going to be around here uh, with a rebuilding team for the first however long of, of the season. I do think from a culture standpoint, the thing the Thunder have going for them is that I've always felt like Sam Presti is the culture setter. Mm -hmm. Like it hasn't necessarily been a single player, a single coach. And that's why, you know, over the latter half of the last decade, as Kevin Durant left, as James Harden left, as Scott Brooks left, as those different pieces moved around, it felt like that culture for the most part stayed pretty consistent. And I think a lot of that comes from like the very top down with Sam Presti. So I, I think he's going to be uh, pretty gung ho about ensuring that that, you know, stays the course. But I think as ter- in terms of like a vocal leader in the locker room, it feels like Shay should be the guy. It feels like Shay, that's a role that he could fill again, given that, you know, he was around last year, he was arguably somewhat of a leader on last year's team and he can kind of carry the torch forward. Um, but I, I also wouldn't rule out, you know, some of the other guys, like I could see like a Baisley, uh, getting involved and taking on some of that role as well. It's going to be strange because it's going to be, you know, young, young guys, young guys leading that's young a great guys. Point. You know what, Justin, what just stood out to me when you were saying that is like, you know, I mentioned Chris Paul. Who were the guys that really uh, Chris Paul kind of took under his wing? Yeah. The guys that you mentioned. Shea and Bays. And that's so maybe exactly Presti is really, you know, during this rebuild, he's hoping probably for it to be uh, an accelerated rebuild. But if you have guys like Shea and Baisley and Dort who are willing to take that leadership role so early on and guys are able to respond to that, especially after learning from Chris Paul for a year, I think that's a great, yeah. great point, Justin. I think my only fear, you guys touched on Horford. I think, yeah, he'll he'll bring a veteran presence. Um, He just doesn't strike me as like a super vocal leader type of guy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not the stories necessarily that you hear about Al Horford. Um, And then I think that not knowing, it'll be interesting to see how invested he is. I think we maybe got a little spoiled by Chris Paul you know, coming into it, we were like, is he going to be one foot out the door? But like, he was all in. I would be shocked to see Al Horford be that all in with the Thunder this year. 
Horford or George Hill. Maybe Trevor Ariza. Maybe Trevor Ariza is going to be the caretaker of the culture. Um, Jeez. Yeah. I think that's why I was so important to have an internal hire. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we joke about it, but Dagnall's been groomed for a decade to be the Thunder head coach, basically. Like, he is... Yeah. Presti got to do like create a coach basically. And, and that's what, <laughs> that's what he is. So anything that you want to talk about Presti and culture and whatever, like that's going to be baked into Dagnall and it's going to, that's going to be a core part of how he approaches this. Team. I don't know. Presti said Dagnall. I got to stick to my guns here. Okay. We gotta, Taylor. We got to wait for our first interview. Well, yeah, we need, that should be your question, Nick. How do you say do you your own name? Freaking right. Name? Right. <laughs> well, no, that, that was a big, that was a big thing on Twitter. As soon as that press conference opened up, everyone was like, Red Dawson tweeted immediately. Yep. <laughs> he said, Dagnall. Then Presley said Dagnall. And I've been confused ever since. You guys mm. know how hard names are for me. Yes, we Start do. Start calling him Mark. <laughs> Mr. Marcus, sir. Um, <laughs> Coach Marky Mark. Coach Marky Mark. All right. Well, talking about, you know, who fills the leadership void on this team. There's also a massive basketball void on this team. Uh, I did a, uh, some, some deep diving today. Uh, it wasn't really deep diving, but I got some stats. I want to throw, throw your guys's way. And I want to discuss uh, where the team goes with these stats. Since uh, what, two weeks ago, the Thunder have lost their second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and ninth top scorers. Again, that's number two, three, four, five, six, and nine top scorers all off the team. Uh, they have lost their first, third, fourth, fifth, ninth, and tenth top shot takers. Their first, third, fourth, and fifth top rebounders. And the number one, two, four, five, six, and seven top assisters or assist men, as I like to call them. <laughs> That's a lot of stats. To, to total lot. that up for you, the Thunder have lost 80 points per game, 57 shots per game, 16 assists, and 30 rebounds per game. That's Where in that's the hell insane. does all that go? We always talk about this when we're like evaluating guys and and the numbers that they put up on bad teams. And this is a perfect example. Like somebody has to put up those stats and it probably gets spread around quite a bit. But overall, like you're going to see a lot of guys numbers inflate a lot. And it's going to be exciting, especially when it's a guy like Shea. You know, he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's probably going to put up some big numbers compared to what he did last year. And it's going to look like he's taken a great jump. And I'm sure he will improve, but we also have to view it through that lens of like, there's such a vacuum of these counting stats that somebody has to like, somebody literally has to score points on this team. And it's going to come from a lot of guys that maybe, you know, on a contending team would not be putting up those kind of numbers. I think that's fair. Um, I, I heard that in a video, I haven't actually watched it of Shay's trainer working him out. Uh, he was encouraging him by yelling 25 points a game, 25 points a game. Yeah. Shea averaged what? Uh, nearly 20. He averaged 19 points a game last season. I think 25 for Shea is totally doable. That's picking up six points of that missing 80. You know, obviously we know guys like Al Horford will pick up some of that. If George Hill stays around for a little bit, he'll pick up some of that. 
But what are some of the players that you expect, at least for counting stats, to see a pretty significant jump? My first bet, and this is just based off the bubble, right? But I have to go with Lou Dort. Um, I think he's going to be one that has a lot of confidence, especially on the offensive end. Um, he's just going to make a lot of things happen just because of his aggressiveness and the way he's able to uh, attack the rim, but also go for rebounds. Um, he's also going to try and create for others. I can see a bigger role for Dort, not necessarily that he's going to have a huge role moving forward with this organization, um, as much as I think they view him maybe as like a role player or a 3-and-D kind of type of player, but I can see him putting up a lot of, a lot of jump shots, um, a lot of three-point attempts. We'll probably see some more like 30-point games from Dort. That wouldn't shock me, but we're also going to see some probably more likely than the latter that I just mentioned, we're going to see some, some games from Dort where he's shooting, you know, two of 18, um, just putting up a ton of jump shots because that's just kind of his, his personality, his confidence. And, uh, and to your point, Jacob, there's not going to be a lot of people who are going to be taking those shots outside of Shea. Now there will be some other people that you guys will probably mention, but I just see Dort being that kind of guy, even if OKC doesn't necessarily want him to be the guy taking all those shots, this might be the year that we see, see Dort doing more what he did in the bubble. I was going to say, if Dort has the confidence to take that many threes on a team with Danilo Gallinari and Chris Paul, then right. he 100% is right. going to have the confidence next season. Right. Being one of the oldest players on the <laughs> roster at, like, yes. what, the ripe age of 19? I don't even yeah. know. Soft mm-hmm. on my head. <laughs> so from a pure scoring standpoint, it's it's so hard because a lot of the guys on this roster is looking down the list, like Admiral Schofield, Justin Jackson, I'm trying to Isaiah Roby, <laughs> TJ Leaf. Like a lot of these guys don't have glamorous stats, but they've also never taken more than three to five shots per game in their career. Mm-hmm. So it's like Justin Jackson averaged like five and a half points on five shots a game last year. Admiral Schofield averaged 3.1 points on like three attempts a game. If you start bumping that to six, seven, eight shots a game, like these guys could start scoring eight to 10 per night. Like it'll naturally happen, but it's so hard because even per 36 stats don't make sense on a guy with that small of a sample size. Right. Um, I'm going to stick to my guns here and die on this hill all year. I think the surprise player of the year for the Thunder Admiral Schofield is going to be someone we look back and say, how the hell did Sam Presti get him in that uh, mid second round trade for Vit in the uh, 2020 draft? I, I, I think he's got the tools to be excellent in this type of system. Nice. So let me throw a few out here for you guys. Uh, let's start. Darius Baisley averaged 5.6 points per game last year. If I set the over under at uh, 10.0 points per game this year. Are you going over or under? Ooh, go under. I am too. Just because that is the one like position, whether you play them at a three, some of the time four, some of the time five, some of the time, like they've got a lot of guys that play those positions. You've got Ariza, you've got Jackson, Schofield, Leaf. They're going to try to, to get some, some burn. I'm sure Muscala, Pokashevsky, Horford, like, that's just it's it's pretty deep. Even if you want Bays to get a lot of time on the floor, like I don't know, it's it's I, it's yeah. Deep. I want him to get over ten points a game, and I could see game. I, I think there's going to be maybe a couple different games throughout the season, or a handful, I should say, where he has 20, 20 plus. But I just still think the Thunder are probably going to start the season with George Hill and Al Horford, 
And if that's the case, I don't see Bays getting, even if that's up until the trade deadline, I don't see him being able to average 10 plus a game. Um, but if he does, <laughs> I mean, I'm rooting for it. I think Bays is going to be fantastic. But Interesting. Justin, what do you think? Over or under on Bays, 10 points a game? I'm taking over. And the reason I think over is, yeah, I think Nick has a great point. Taylor, as well, like there are guys that will eat some of his minutes. But I think that you got to think about the... Um, I don't know, like the purpose of this team now, like I think Bayes is going to get more attention. Bayes, Shade, Dor- more minutes. those types of guys are going to get more attention, more minutes. They're going to be more of an emphasis. And so I think that you're going to maybe see more of an emphasis on trying to get Baisley comfortable in taking some of that scoring load. And I think this is the perfect year to kind of start to do that for him as he develops. And so I feel like I feel like 10 points is attainable. Um, it could be close because of those factors that you mentioned, but I, I just think that like those core three guys and then some of the rookies that were drafted this year are going to be the focus of, you know, the development process for this season. So let me, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. Cause I think no there's way. a Nick playing devil's there's, advocate. There's, <laughs> there's a, there's a teeter totter here that I, I keep coming back to as much as you want the young guys to get burned and develop. You're also, trying to jack up the asset price for guys like Al Horford. I get that. Yeah. He's a guy that he's only taken like the last three or four years of his career, like 12 shots a game. And he could definitely exceed that here in Oklahoma city. If you give him the burn. So it's like, where do you, where, where's the line between increasing guys, trade value that are vets and getting your young guys um, on the floor and comfortable. And that's, that's a, that's a really fine line. That's going to be a super interesting trend to watch all season. That's fair, but I'm going to play devil. Even though I agree with your original point, I'm going to play devil's devil's advocate, advocate to, to your devil's devil. advocate. So I don't even, I, what's that called? Is that just Taylor's the double Satan is what I'm, I'm just, hearing. Yeah, that's right. That's what we call a devil <laughs> square dance. The Antichrist. You heard it here first. The uncontested <laughs> podcast, home of the Antichrist. <laughs> we just lost so many viewers and listeners. Um, I, I really don't think OKC and the organization as a whole, Presti, again, we talked about Presti kind of setting the culture. I'm not so sure that they care about the trade value <laughs> at this point, right? Because we already talked, I mean, look at this team now. They're acting over the cap because of all the trade exceptions and the um, the all the different exceptions, that, the mid-level exceptions, all the exceptions that they can use, they're technically over the cap, but they're, uh, or at one point they were under the salary floor. I guess they aren't any longer because the Trevor Reza trade has been announced. But with that being said, like you can still flip these guys and Presley has so many damn assets. You know, I'm not really sure he's looking for like, you know, a, a Chris Paul return for Al Horford. So I think the, the purpose of this entire season is going to be to tank, obviously to try and get a high draft pick that OKC's own high draft pick in this next uh, draft class. When we talk about guys like Cade Cunningham and so many others, right. Um, was Boston, whatever from um, Kentucky. I was watching him today. He's really impressive. There's so many fun guys in this, in this draft class. Um, I think the goal is to be focusing on that draft class while also developing your youth. Like Justin was getting to with guys like Baisley, um, even Lou letting him take, like I, like I talked about all the different shots that he'll be taking this season, kind of see what he can produce. Uh, obviously SGA being the primary ball handler, that's going to be your focus compared to trying to increase the value of uh, the trade value of guys like Al Horford and Trevor Ariza. Definitely. I, think I I'm going to go over 
on Bay's 10 points a game. Maybe this is going to be my hot take. Over. I'm okay. going to say Bay's is going to get like, I'd maybe go over on like 12 points a game. Yeah. Like, Ooh. I think Bay's is going to score a lot. Here, here's a few reasons why. I agree with what Taylor's saying that I think they're going to value developing their young guys over. Uh, just pumping up these vets with empty calorie stats to raise trade value. Um, I, I think that Bays is just going to get more of an opportunity. And Baisley shot, I'm trying to find it here real quick, 43% from two-point land last season. My biggest criticism of Bays in his rookie season was he just didn't finish well at the rim. He would get yep. there and just struggle to finish a lot. As a 6'9 wing who can get to the basket at will, uh, off the dribble, he's got a nice jab step. He's got long strides. I think, I think he's going to score a lot. Actually, looking at Bay's Bay's stats from last year: five point six points, four rebounds, and zero point seven assists. I think all of those are going to jump. I could see him being like a a twelve six and two guy this next season. Um, that would not surprise me in the slightest. The other one I wanted I to ask did. you guys about real quick before we move on to around the association. Same question, over under 10.0 points per game for Poku. For Oof. reference, for reference of last year's uh, first round picks in the 2019 draft class, 12 of the 30 averaged over 10 points per game. Two of them did not play at all. So I'm actually, it's, like, it's kind of like 12 out of 28. So, Nick, you're going under on 10 for Poku. Justin, what do you think? I think I think I'm under too. I think there's just too many unknowns. I think this season will be a big season of adjustment for Poku. I don't think that adjustment will include scoring ten points a game. Taylor, I have nothing else to add there. Believe okay. it or not. Well, Believe then hit, not. hit me with this. You guys hit me with a little <laughs> little bit tougher answer. When we look back on this podcast in like mid July. Mm. When whenever the draft is happening, and, so and, we're, and we're, this is our original Chris Paul trade podcast, yes, ex um, essentially, we, yes, we know all of our takes are always dead on. Yes, <laughs> um, give me right now what is Poku's single game scoring high this next season? Just shoot a number out. I'm going to say 26. He's going to have one. He's going to have one random. One random night in the middle of February where he just goes nuts and we're going to sell like a hundred Pokemon shirts and the people are going to lose their minds and then he'll never do it again for the rest exactly. of the season. Exactly. Exactly. in LA, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good exactly point. Break okay, out. Justin's going 26. Like what do the rest I, of you guys got? I was going to go 21. Um, I can see him just hitting, rattling off like, you know, four threes and then just drive into the basket against in some garbage time. And he ends up like 21 points. It's going to be like against Charlotte or right. and like a 5 PM tip. Hey, and it's Charlotte's kind of good. Now they have Gordon Hayward. Uh, mm -hmm, kind of Charlotte's kind of good. Now <laughs> Charlotte's kinda been kind of good, good for 25 years, which is Nick, why we number? are thinking <laughs> I'm going to go 17. Like as bad as this team is, I really don't think, Presti's in any rush to give a guy like Poku even 25 minutes a game, which you would need probably to have a 26 point night. I'm not saying he doesn't have the skill to 26 minutes or 26 points in 12 minutes. Book it. Hell yes. <laughs> 12 minutes. I'm going above. I'm going to go above Justin just because I'm feeling bold tonight. Poku, <laughs> Poku's going to have a 30 piece this year, boys. Oh my Ooh. God. 
half the had, team's gonna have COVID or be quarantined. He's gonna be the only guy available to play over six foot one. Harry Jones game. I like He's it. Gonna, it's a Harry Jones go. game. It's gonna go. look like it's gonna look like the Nuggets lineup in the bubble. I'll say ball running point. I'm gonna I'm gonna blanket statement here. I don't care which one of you guys are right on the number of points he scores. He will give up more points that night than he scores on his season high. Boo! Who cares? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's gonna yeah, have gonna he's gonna have a night where he goes for like <laughs> 31 points, 10 rebounds, and like five blocks. Yes, and then I'm gonna do the post game. That like it's gonna be the most downloaded podcast ever. He'll get he'll get 26 <laughs> points and he'll be a minus 23 on the night. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Empty calories, man. Just Whatever. like Thanksgiving. Load them up, baby. Load them up. <laughs> I love it. All right, are you guys uh, ready to go around the association? Let's do it. Always awesome. Before we get there, though, let's take a quick moment tell our listeners about who's paying the bills this week. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Luckily, Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering listeners of The Uncontested a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still bet in on all of the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all of these great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's blue wire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Gentlemen, time for the best sounder in all of podcasts. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
All righty, gentlemen. It seems as though free agency has finally dulled down. We're, we're at the end. The Glenn Robinsons <laughs> are now being signed. Uh, so, so we've reached the end of free agency. With camp starting this week, I figured we'd take a look around maybe what I thought were six pretty significant um, moments in free agency or six significant uh, teams in free agency. And we're going to play a game of like it, love it, or hate it. So I'm going to give one of you guys a statement. Then you're going to tell us whether you like it, you like what that team did, you love it, or you hate it. And you're going to give us an explanation why. And then the rest of us will shit on you and tell you how bad your opinion is uh, before we move on to the next one. Uh, Luckily for those of you in the stream, those of you listening to the pod, and for my fellow co-hosts here, I have new sounders for like it, love it, hate it. Oh, Um, here we go. I'm so that excited. That you guys have not heard yet. So once <laughs> I give you the statement and you tell me whether you like it, love it, or hate it, I'm going to play the new sounder, and yes. I'm really excited. Uh, let's start with none other than Nick Crane. Ooh. Nick, like it, love it, or hate it, the Houston Rockets abandoning um. the pocket rocket movement by adding Christian Wood and Boogie Cousins. Love it. Oh, love it. All right. That team needed. <laughs> there you go. We love it. That that team <laughs> needed a shakeup. Um, small ball, just as close as they got, just never worked out. Um, I'm gonna go out on the limb here and say, I know there's a lot of hypotheticals here. Christian Wood is small sample size. Boogie Cousins is always hurt. Um, they have a chance to have the best center rotation in the entire NBA this season. That seems lot. like a hot take. That's I mean, pretty spicy. Be, give me a give me a counter. Who would you say has a better on paper in theory center lineup? Uh, 76ers? Joel and Dwight? I mean, we'll see. Uh, Indiana? <laughs> Indiana with Sabonis and Miles Turner? Yeah, but that's they're both starters. Okay. Um, who else? I mean, Boogie uh, Cousins when Zion and Stephen Adams. Duh. We haven't seen we haven't seen Boogie Cousins healthy, and when he's healthy, that's why I'm saying in theory could be like, yeah, he was a 28 and 12 guy. Yeah. yeah. My question what is, is though, if you're gonna have like, right, you're gonna have Boogie Harden and Westbrook on the same team. That team's gonna hemorrhage points. That team, they're they're gonna average seven technicals a game. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I, I do see where you're coming from, though, Nick. I, that, that team, I do we, we saw them just get their brains beat in by, by the Lakers in the mm. postseason, and they needed size, and they didn't have it. Um, I think losing Robert Covington is pretty significant for them. Uh, but no. those two bigs, it's going to be interesting because we both know, we all know, that Russell Westbrook and James Harden are elite pick-and-roll players, and having those bigs are going to help. I think Westbrook's better with a pick-and-pop big, and maybe Boogie can do that for him. Uh, going to be interesting, though. If it works Nerd. out like they want them to, I think it's going to be perfect. Um, but I'm going to go with more of a like it. I like that they're transitioning away from the small ball. Um, I get why they did it originally. I just don't know if it's the right way to play, especially when you have you know the Lakers uh, and, and shoot, you have the the Heat you know, in the finals this past season. I don't think it was a fluke like a lot of people think just due to the bubble. I think the versatile big is important. So – to Nick's point, we have guys like Christian Wood, and you have guys like Boogie Cousins. If he is indeed healthy, I think that's important. Um, 
but I still just don't know if it's enough. There's just not enough flexibility on that roster. And when you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, um, both wanting out, that's a huge issue. No, I, uh, I definitely think that is valid. So, uh, another team that has a good center rotation, Utah jazz, Rudy Gobert, Derek yeah. favors. Yeah, that's good. Forgot they signed Rudy Derek. Favors. Good point. That's a good Justin one. and Ed Davis, right? Yeah. Uh, so, no, they traded Ed he, Davis. He went to, or, okay. He went to New York and not from New York. Gotcha. Correct. Correct. And then he got, <laughs> you know, he went, he went, he got a, a middle team before New York off the oh, continue. Gotcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, Justin, no. you are next. Like it, love it, or hate it. The Milwaukee Bucks fighting oh. to get Giannis to sign the extension by adding Drew Holiday, DJ Augustin, Bren Forbes, Tory Craig, and Bobby Portis. I like it. All right, you ready? She worked. Fabulous. Oh, easy. Whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> Taylor, this is Periscope, not OnlyFans, buddy. <laughs> Yet. Uh, However, subscribe to OnlyFans.com slash uncontested. Oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say Taylor underscore P. <laughs> <laughs> slash only. Yeah, OnlyFans. Hey, extra revenue. I'm not here to judge. Whatever it takes. Um, I like it. I like these moves for Milwaukee. Uh, it's hard not to love the upgrade of adding drew to that backcourt, but it's also kind of impossible not to evaluate these moves in light of what could have been, uh, in light of what could have been with Bogdanovich and that fiasco. Um, it's hard not to just like be wanting a little bit more in Milwaukee with Giannis, but I think the pieces that they did get after that fell through, I think it's solid. I think it's a good group. Uh, do I think it's enough to dethrone the Lakers? Maybe not. Is it enough to keep Giannis happy and get him to sign an extension? Maybe. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. The the Bogdanovich mess, I think rebounding from the Bogdanovich mess was was pretty impressive. Yeah, they very easily could have just like imploded after that went down and just like thrown their hands in the air and you know overpaid somebody that had no business being on that team, but they still were able to kind of salvage it and make some smart moves. And so I think in the end, I think it's solid. I don't hate it. Um, but because of the Bogdanovich mess, I don't love it either. Those, those other pickups outside of drew are not the sexiest names, but I will say those guys are very productive. Like right. Tory mm. Craig is a humongous shooting guard that can, that can allow you to put out some, some real length out there with Giannis and Middleton and some of these other guys. Um, DJ score. Right. DJ Augustine's a, a solid point guard. Uh, Forbes has been a, a Spurs guy. You know, he's going to be productive. And then Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis, yeah. Bobby Portis will punch the shit out punches, of you. Punches guys <laughs> got caught in New York, but like he's a scoring machine. He will have, I will say he will have many 20 point games this season off the bench. Yeah. I'd like to see, just I'd, like get to rid see Bobby, I'd like to see Bobby <laughs> Portis fight Jake Paul. Oh, yes. I'd like there. to see anybody yes. fight Jake Paul. <laughs> Yes. We haven't um, mentioned Nate Robinson yet. Good lord. The memes have mentioning. been incredible. The memes have been absolutely incredible. Um, May he rest in peace. Nick, you mentioned it. Did you guys did you guys see that Magic Johnson <laughs> tweeted about that fight like 20 minutes ago? An hour ago. Yeah, no? right, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So 24 hours of right. fight. Oh happened. man, Magic Johnson. I hope Nate is okay. <laughs> Thanks, 24 Magic. hours later. Oh man, Magic Johnson. Uh, Nick, you mentioned Tory Craig. 
I mean, in the playoffs, you can throw out a, a lineup of Drew Holiday, Tory Craig, um, uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. How the hell do you score on that team? Can't. I mean, that's a defensive juggernaut. That's a point. And that's they're a, long. Yes. Outside of outside of Drew, who's just a bulldog at the point, everybody's what six nine and bigger. Mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, it's going like to be an interesting team. Yep. Now, can they just get Bud to play somebody more than twenty five minutes a game in a playoff series? That's and their biggest Giannis weakness. posted a uh, Instagram story that he's heading back to Milwaukee, obviously for training camp. So, like, does he does he sign that extension? You know, I have a feeling he will. And if I he does, know. then I just think it, he will. I, I hope he does. I, that'd be a huge win it, for small markets. Right? This goes. I think all of us like it. It goes to we love it, and it's a grand slam offseason for them just doing yeah. that alone. Bottom yep. line, okay, we, we've talked about this. I don't care who the hell you sign if you're Milwaukee. You could sign me if Giannis mm. is re-signing with you. It's a win, regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Although Giannis signing the extension so early kind of takes the pressure off of Milwaukee. Like, oh, now we've got Giannis locked up. We don't have to worry about going out and spending all this money and everything. There, there's, there's a lot of leverage plays there. It's really fascinating. Taylor, you've got there the next a lot one. Of leverage. Yeah, Let's Taylor, you got the next one. Like it, love it, or hate it. The Atlanta Hawks Atlanta. Bailing, bailing on the rebuild to sign Gallo, Bogdanovich, Dunn, Rondo, Solomon Hill, and Tony Snell. So this might be the most interesting on our list in terms of, like, if you look on paper, I love it. Also, a lot of, if you look at the players that were available in free agency and who the Atlanta Hawks were able to sign, I love it. They did a great job. But was that the right direction for their franchise? And I'm not entirely sure that's the case when you have Trey Young, who's so young, uh, particularly as we have mentioned as OKC fans, with all these super stacked drafts coming up, at least next two years, we'll see beyond that. Um, I'm not entirely sure that's the right direction for their franchise, but I also get that, you know, Trey Young comes in, has a great two seasons, and now he thinks he's a superstar, and he is an all-star, right? And therefore, he he wants to compete for for the playoffs at least, and then eventually compete for championships. He wasn't really. It doesn't seem like he was willing to wait for that entire rebuild, right? The uh, bringing on the Kate Cunninghams and and the Imani Bates and players of those natures in the next couple of drafts. So all those reasons, I'm going to go with like it. I like all what right. they did because you have that Shark list. Tank. But <laughs> for that reason, yeah, for that for reason. that reason, I'm out. <laughs> right, I get to play the like it sounder again. Here we go. We don't have a hate it yet. I, I just like that in a game called like it, love it, or hate it. I'm Nick like, and I yeah. said like it and love it right off the bat, and Taylor said, "Well, back in uh, <laughs> 1994, <laughs> when uh, first time I saw basketball." And... All right, if you go back to the peach peach basket, <laughs> Doctor James uh... Naismith. <laughs> I get to I get to get in my soapbox here for a second. Yes, I don't like what the Atlanta Hawks did. Would you, say, would you say you hate it? You want me to play the hate it sounder? I do. I'm dying. <laughs> I hate it. And I hate everything. Do you guys know who what that's from? <laughs> yes. Ronald Swanson. It's Ronald Swanson. Here, here it goes again. Arson wreck. And I hate everything. Oh, Is that when he like runs off yeah. into the field? Yeah. Whenever he, uh, after he ate all the bacon that uh, that Leslie brought out to the, to the <laughs> camp. So good. Okay. Uh, Atlanta won free agency. In a free agent class that all of us said was the weakest free agent class yeah. in, the, in a while, a free agent class that sucked. Awesome. You've got Gallo. You've got Bogdanovich. You've got Rondo. You've got Dunn. Most of those guys are old. Like, I think besides Dunn, Bogdanovich is 28. The other two are in their 30s. 
right? So the timeline doesn't match up. What does that do for Atlanta? Makes them a, a, a competing for the seventh seed this year? I think it's more about, I, I think Trey put some pressure on that front office. That's no, what I, was I, I definitely think so yeah. too. If I'm, maybe this is a hot take as well. I'm just full of them tonight. I tell Trey to shut the hell up. You're under yeah, contract. Yeah, you're, under years you're under rookie contract. Have, you're restricted free agency rights. We're playing the long game here. Trust Do you want to make? We Trey. all want to make the plot, make the playoffs. Yes, but now you're going to be playing Gallo and and Rondo, and you're not going to be playing guys like Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter as much. Like mm-hmm. I just that's an issue. L- let the young guys grow and learn. Get another good draft pick in 2021 and then really take off and have a runway of the next 10 years rather than limiting yourself with Danilo Gallinari for what 17 million, 18 million, whatever, 20 million dollars a, a year. And limiting yourself with Ron- Rondo, with Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is a good player, but how does this change your ceiling? Do you right? this, it speeds this? your ceiling up. But it doesn't raise your ceiling. You're, you're maxing out at like a seven seed. It raises your, and we we talk about this with players all the time. It raises your floor up. But Jacob, to your point, I don't think it really raises your ceiling. Exactly. This is the challenge with rebuilds: is there's so many opportunities to jump ship, and if you do it yeah. early, then the whole process has been wasted. And I think Philly I think even jump ship early, right? It, which is what I was going to say. Is like the irony is that like Philly had trust the process, which I think was so smart, honestly, to like have that as a rallying cry, something that you could point back to when, you know, you lost again by 47 points in the middle of February and everything sucks and you hate it. Like trust the process can be something you can point back to. Like something like that is necessary or else somebody somewhere within the organization is going to get disgruntled. And if that happens, then you're at risk of, Screwing it all up, whether that's a star player, whether that's a coach, whether that's somebody in management, whether that's an owner, whether it's fan outcome. Owner, like, owner is key there. In, right? Any of those pieces can derail a rebuild. And that, like, from OKC's perspective, that's going to be the biggest thing for them is like that culture that they always hang their hat on can't just be a team thing for the next few years. It's got to be a top to bottom organization ownership. And the fans are going to have to buy into it a little bit. Like, true. I'm already talking to people. I was talking to some people, you know, over this last week that are like already pissed about this upcoming season, like already, already out, like not interested because of like mm-hmm. trading Steven Adams and all that stuff. And I'm like, it's, you guys don't even know what you're jumping ship from. Like, it's going to be worse than you think it's going to be. But that is the process. And if you want to mm-hmm. be a team that has a chance to win a title, that's the process you've got to follow unless you're a big market team like LA, but for somebody like Oklahoma city, or I would argue even Atlanta right now, like you've got to be patient. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Jacob of like, yeah, maybe they're the seventh seed, six seed maybe, but like, that's not what you want. That's not the goal. The goal is not to be a bottom tier playoff team. The goal is to win a championship. And I don't think the moves that they made got them any closer. I think that's a counterpoint to people. One hundred percent with you. What about Shea? It's like, well, who cares? To your point, Jacob, you have you, you have, have his restricted free contract. agency rights. Bingo. I want out, and you Could have his bird bad. rights. You're not Anthony Davis. You're not LeBron James. You're not Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. We're gonna that. we're gonna match the restricted free agent offer sheet. We're moving forward. Also, right? I mean, <laughs> I love Shea Gilgis Alexander. I like him a lot, but if I, if I have to trade him for like 
uh, let's say Kate Cunningham and Amani Bates, one of the two develop into like people are saying they're the next LeBron James. I probably trade Shea for yeah. one of those players. So it just here's, it is what it is. Here's the thing though, is I've heard a lot of people talking about that. And maybe it's just a personal thing that I'm not a big gambler. I'm not willing to trade Shea in like two future first to move up to number one to get Cade when you don't know what Cade's gonna end up being. I think Cade's gonna be that. incredible, but you've already got your number two. Don't you know what don't certain. don't risk your number two to try to get your number one and then miss out on a number one and a number two, you know? And I'm just like, I'm a little more aggressive right now because Presley has such a huge parachute to fall back on because of all those draft picks. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to take more gambles right now, I think, than a lot that's, of Thunder fans maybe. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on. Nick, you got the next one. Like it, love it, or hate it? Golden State Warriors with the Clay Thompson injury, still pushing all in, paying 60-plus million in tax dollars to bring in one Kelly Oubre Jr., um, like it. I I can't <laughs> can't say I hate it because Warriors fans have extremely high expectations. I think the front office had high expectations. The Warriors were back; it was their year. They were likely going to bring in Ubre anyways. But you got to look at it this way: you either bring in Ubre, and you're probably middle of the pack in the West. At best, like I don't think any of us think the Warriors are contenders anymore. But if you don't bring in Ubre and just run the roster that you have without him, like, what's the point? You know, you, Steph Curry's only getting a year older. Um, Draymond Green's only getting a year older. You might as well make a run at it. A lot of crazy things can happen throughout a season. They can make additional moves. Like it, it's it's a step towards the right direction and getting better and, and recovering that production that clay lost. So I can't say I hate it. Cause I don't see a better option out there. You're giving up a at worst 20 to 30 first round pick to get him. And at the end of the day, the owner has a crap ton of money. Like that's, that's I'm not worried about his money to be honest with you. Warriors fans aren't worried about his money. Um, but I also don't love it because again, they're not going to be a top three seed like we thought they could be. So it's just kind of a, a middle ground. No, I I'm definitely with you. They, even with the loss of Clay, this roster isn't bad. I mean, you're probably starting Steph, Kelly Oubre, uh, Andrew Wiggins, um, Draymond Green, and do they start James Wiseman? I think they probably do. Probably do. And then off your bench, you have guys like Damian Lee, who was good last year. We'll see if he's good whenever games actually matter. Uh, Kent Bazemore was a good pickup. You got Kavon Looney. Eric uh, Pascal. Yeah, Eric Pascal, Pascal. was really good. Uh, Brad Wanamaker was really good for Boston last year. Uh, it's it's not an awful team, even with the loss of Clay. Obviously, Clay drops your uh, your ceiling significantly. But uh, speaking of Golden State, I want to ask you guys real quick. Oklahoma City gets the Golden State pick if it lands 21 through 30. Ooh. Are they going to get it? Is Golden State going to be one of the top 10 teams in the league this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be close. So either. I it's think gonna it's going to be, gonna be, it's gonna be just like Oklahoma City this last season with their. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah. I was actually I thinking just about the, that, Nick. As Oklahoma City landed at twenty-one and lost their pick, I could see. Is Oklahoma City last year going to be the same type of of win-loss team that Golden State will be this coming year? I think it's going to be close. It's yeah. crazy because if you put last season's Oklahoma City team against this upcoming season's Golden State team, I'd say Golden State team is a heck of a lot better. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. It's just how the the cookie crumbles, and that just goes to not to talk about last year's team, but they just played so damn well together. 
Yeah. Right. All right. Next one. We got two more. One more for Justin. One more for Taylor. Justin, like it, love it, or hate it? <laughs> the Knicks not really doing anything. I mean, the Knicks curse is still very well alive, as we saw last night when Nick Robinson came out in Knicks colors. <laughs> Let's make it very, very clear. Knicks are still the Knicks. Mm. <laughs> well, man, this is a tough one to answer. I love Nick's pain. Uh, I love Nick's Nick's fans pain. Um, do, you, do you love the the New York Knicks pain or Nick Crane's pain? Oh, whoa, we're talking about New York. Sorry, my bad. Uh, no, I, I, I love watching this franchise squirm. Um, that said, from a purely from a purely basketball perspective, I actually like it. A lot of genuine on the podcast tonight, guys. <laughs> the reason I like it is because this season, I'm well, I shouldn't say this offseason. Every offseason is an opportunity for the Knicks to overpay somebody that they shouldn't pay. And the fact that they didn't do that, I think is like a small victory for them Definitely. as a franchise. Definitely. I 100% um, agree with that. Yep. Taking taking another bet on the process like we talked about. Um keeping the course with those young guys, bringing in a couple pieces like Nerland's Noel, Austin rivers who are good pieces. They're probably not going to make the Knicks make any big jumps. Um, but I think the fact that we talked about like this wasn't a great free agent class. And anytime that's the case, the Knicks are liable to just like toss all their money at, at somebody who doesn't deserve that kind of a contract. So I think them showing a little bit of restraint is a uh, is a good sign for the Knicks. Like I kind of thought they'd go after the whole uh, try to be the third team in the Gordon Hayward trade. Yeah, it's almost impressive that they didn't. They uh, uh, didn't, wasn't it the Knicks that took on? Yeah, the Knicks took on Ed Davis for like a second round pick. I think they acquired three second round picks. I was thinking Ed Davis. Yeah, yep. be, that's, yeah here's exactly small right. moves that are good for for a rebuilding team. Mm -hmm. the, the Knicks need to do that kind of stuff because they suck. Yep. That, All right, that, Taylor. That sums it but up. to uh, but to Niner by nature, eighty-eight points. The Knicks fans are already getting their eyes set on the Kate Cunningham. We need Shocker. to talk back off. Hands back are. off. The, he's ours. Hands fade are. for Cade. Fade for Cade is our fade intellectual property. Yeah, that's right. Knicks 100%. fans can leave it alone. Shirts coming soon. <laughs> Shirts Taylor, coming. last one is yours. Like it, love it, or hate it. The L.A. Clippers adding Serge Ibaka, Nick Batum. Um. Uh, Luke Kennard. I was I was searching for his first name there. Luke Kennard. Uh, still don't have a point guard though. Like it, love it, or hate it. You know what? We haven't had very many hate it's. Um, if this was at the end of the podcast, I probably would have said like it. But I'm gonna go hate it. And I hate everything. Yes. <laughs> a great sounder, by the way, Jacob. Thank um, you. I work when hard. You have, when you have the Lakers here making upgrades like they have. Um, and the biggest upgrade you're making is Serge Ibaka over Montrez Harrell. That's not going to get the job done, as particularly when you have guys like Chris, or sorry, I almost said Chris Ball. When you have uh, Paul George, who we know as Thunder fans, pretty unreliable, particularly this past season with LA. Um, Kawhi obviously is <laughs> a, a top notch player, but how many games is he going to play this coming regular season? 
they don't have a ton of depth, even though I know that the, the Clippers fans I follow on Twitter claim that they do. I'm not convinced. I'm not sure they've made a huge upgrade from this past season. And when the Lakers have improved as much as they have, um, I think this is a loss. I, I kind of hate it for LA Clippers, although there's all these rumors. They aren't done yet. Hey, lo- the, a loss for the LA Clippers is a win for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Which is kind of what I'm rooting for. So maybe I'm a I, little biased. I mean, where, where do they go get a point guard from? You know, I, I don't think running Pat Bev back is your point guard you again. One George Hill, Jacob. Yes. <laughs> but as, are the Thunder even interested in trying to help out no. the, the Clippers by giving them a player that could help them, you know? I don't think so, but there are other point guards out there. <laughs> I think I think one key thing in this analysis here is that we're comparing the Clippers team now to the Clippers team they ran in the playoffs, which included Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris from the buyout market. Like if you look at their team today versus their team before the buyout market, I think it's fairly even. So if they can have another outstanding buyout and get a point guard and get another bench score, like I think they're they're right about where they were last season, which is better than they finished, and they should not have lost as early as they did. But um, as of now, you could call it a step back. I mean, you also have Ty Lue, right? Yeah, just so much instability in that organization. They just don't have that continuity that they don't have that um, stability, really, that the Lakers have. And I think that's just like another huge... Uh, huge disadvantage they have compared to the Lakers. Yeah, I just think with with the Clippers as a whole, with it, it it boils down to PG for me, and maybe this is just like as a scorned uh, Thunder fan coming through here, but like fool me once, shame on me. Right, <laughs> fool me twice. Like at some point, we've got to see it from PG. Like he's put up some great regular seasons for a long time now, but it's, it's been a long time since we've seen playoff P since we've seen him show yep. up when the, when Indiana. the lights shine, right. Since yeah. the lights shine the brightest, yeah. like he had those days where he's going toe to toe with Braun and you're like, this dude's incredible. Like he's, he could be, you know, a real problem in the East. We haven't seen that dude. Then yeah. we saw like MVP Paul George and, and OKC during the regular for season. like a month and a half. And right? then yeah. he, and that's the problem. A times and right. That's the problem for for me to take the Clippers seriously as a contender. I just can't do it till the playoffs show up. Like they could come out and rattle off seventy two wins. No, actually, no, because next season seventy two games, <laughs> seventy two and zero. I'd be a believer. Sixty two uh, <laughs> wins. They could rattle off sixty two wins, and I still don't think I'd bet on them to win a title because you just no matter what they do in the regular season, I've got to see it in the playoffs. They need to come out looking like hungry, like somebody who wants to go win a championship for me to take the Clippers seriously. And I don't know that anybody that they added, you know, changes that outcome. But to be fair to them, I'm not sure anybody they could have added really would have changed my thoughts on that. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're looking across the locker room at the Lakers and just getting lapped. Yeah, right. You know, just getting absolutely lapped. And so I, I think that makes... A huge difference as well. Although I do have to say, as messed up as it maybe sounds, brings a small amount of joy to my heart that Reggie Jackson's still not on an NBA team right now. Tears of joy. Tears. Hashtag tears hey, of joy. Sign my guy Shaq Harrison before Reggie Jackson. Yes. I've been texting with him a little bit. He uh, He's ready to go. I like he's, it. Uh, he needs to get picked up. Sources, sources tell me Shaq Harrison. Ready <laughs> to go. 
Uh, all right, that's all the like it, love it, and hate it that I have for you guys. Um, I do got to say, though, this segment, I love it. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Hey. All right, guys. Well uh, done. Before we get out of here, the next time we'll podcast, uh, the Thunder will be in training camp. Uh, any Wild. any big thoughts, hot takes, uh, anything before we leave uh, and don't come back until basketball is technically underway again? I think Teo Maladon is going to get many more uh, pl- playing time, much more playing time than many people think. Um, I think he might be the, the backup point guard for Shea. Get your, get your Admiral Schofield teased while you still can. <laughs> before they're think- sold out. I think the first time we see Poku in a Thunder practice jersey, um, just from a physical stature standpoint, Thunder Twitter is going to implode. <laughs> Muscle watch. <laughs> He's not that skinny. Um, okay, I, I feel like I got to fire one off here too since everyone else did. Here we go. You ready? Shea Gilgis-Alexander for the 2020-21 season. 28-7-5. Woo! Oh, <laughs> He's making an all-star team, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much for checking out The Young Contested. If you were in the live stream tonight, man, we had a blast with you. Please come back next week, every Sunday, 9 p.m. Central Time, as long as Taylor gets the link out on time. We will be here. <laughs> we will be back with you guys Wednesday, late Wednesday night. Uh, you have the podcast ready Thursday morning in your podcast feed, so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, that way it downloads right to your device. Drop a five-star rating while you're at it. Uh, that would mean a ton to us. Helps more people see the podcast. You guys have been awesome. We appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you so much for rolling with us during this crazy offseason. And we are here every step of the way through training camp preseason. And basketball is almost back. You guys have a good start of your week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear your mask. We will see you soon. Thunder up. Boom. Good stuff, guys. Oh. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.